0: Let's begin. Welcome back to the Relatable Voice podcast. Today, we are headed to Connecticut to speak with Anika Savoy. Anika is a paranormal historical romance author, and her latest book is called The Ghost in Her, and is out now. So, Anika, welcome to the RV. Thank you, Lucia. I'm so excited about being here. I am super happy to have you here Anita. You are originally from Massachusetts. Yes. But in attended New England. New England, but mm-hmm. you attended university in Montreal, Canada. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what is the most fond memory of your time in Canada?
1: Oh my gosh, you, that's the hardest question I've ever been asked because I have so many fond memories of Canada. It was such an important part of my life. Uh, I married a Canadian uh, that I met at McGill University where I went to undergrad in Montreal. And, you know, I came from this kind of quaint colonial New England town outside of Boston, Massachusetts, and it was pretty rural And when I moved to Montreal when I was 17 for my first year at McGill University, um, I was just so overwhelmed by the beauty of the city and the French speaking, you know, residents and the towering buildings actually made me dizzy in my first weeks where I'd look up, I'd almost felt dizzy. Um, I have so many wonderful memories of going to McGill because In New England, in America, a lot of the colleges have sororities and fraternities, and they're on these kind of um, country-like campuses where there's not a lot to do. Montreal, my God, I mean, at McGill, every night there was something different to do in Montreal, uh, the parties at along Crescent Street in in old Quebec. There was, was a big punk scene, a big punk rock scene. So we used to like to go to the watch those bands. Um, my best memory in Montreal, if you want me to be totally honest, would be meeting my husband in my uh, third year of college. We were living at the same dorm. And um, you know after our first date, I knew he was the one I wanted to marry. I mean, the connection was so intense and we would walk up to the mountaintop in montreal where there's a beautiful cross mount royal mount royal montreal and you know overlook the city of montreal as we were falling in love um, so i think by far it was meeting my husband in montreal and getting married in montreal for sure
0: wow you might have so many good memories from oh yeah. we do
1: we were just saying last night um, you know, we've been together for 36 years total. So we were watching a movie that took place in the eighties and we were looking at their cars and the way they dressed. And I turned to my husband and said, you and I lived through that together. Like that seems it was long ago. It was 36 years ago, but so much has changed since then. Uh, in our world we didn't have the internet or even email I mean it was crazy how much has changed since then
0: yes I think we uh, I don't know I think we were more romantic in those times yes
1: I'd like to think so too by the way are we in your RV right now are we driving where are we going I don't know let's go to the beach okay let's go to the beach yeah Connecticut has many beautiful beaches let's go to the beach at Old
0: Saybrook Wonderful! It's not that cold today, so no, well. it's sixty degrees. Let's enjoy ourselves. Great idea! <laughs> and by the way, is your husband also American or is he Canadian?
1: He is Canadian, which means he's the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he is from Nova Scotia. You know, uh, in on the uh, wow. coast of uh, Canada. And, um, you know, I just, we just connected instantly. I I love Canadians. I I do. And I love so much of Canadian uh, lifestyle and policy. And it's just a beautiful country. It's a peaceful, lovely country.
0: Yes, I agree. I just know Mm -hmm. Toronto, but my, Mm -hmm. one of my best friends is Canadian and Mm -hmm. I, I love Canadians as well. Yes. So Anika. You graduated with an undergrad in English literature. Mm. Have you always wanted to be a writer? Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I mean, ever since I was a little girl and started to be able to read non-picture books, you know, books only with writing, uh, I was just swept away by the stories. And I thought, this is who I am. This is what I want to do someday. I want to Take my readers on a journey, and I want to use words to put ideas and images in their mind and create worlds. So I've ever since I was maybe seven or eight years old, I've wanted to be a writer. But you know, at that time, I always wanted to be a lawyer too. So it was kind of funny. I, I ended up being both, you know, but when I went to McGill uh, to study English literature, I kind of just felt like, let me pursue an undergrad that I really love. You know, rather than doing like political science, blah, boring for me, let's do what I love, which is to write and to read. So I, you know, my undergrad was spent mostly in my pajamas, in my dorm room, reading classic literature. <laughs> and I couldn't believe I got a degree for it because I loved every second of it. Um, it wasn't until a few years after that, when I graduated that I, I thought, OK, it's time to go to law school. And, and, I, and I, you know, lawyers write a lot. Um, I spent two years as a judicial decision writer writing the judge's decisions. And it was a very high-pressure environment where I had to churn out one decision every day. Um, but I've just always written creatively and legally. And at McGill, I won some creative writing awards. And that kind of affirmed for me, okay, Anne, you, you've you got what it takes to be a writer.
0: Well, And I have to tell you that I... I think it's amazing when you have a dream and it comes through like for you. Well,
1: yeah, I I think so much of life why we're here on earth is to find our purpose. And you know, um this great book I read uh, by a Jewish uh psychiatrist and I'm forgetting the name, uh man's purpose on life or something like that. You know, he said our purpose comes through three things, who we love. So that could be family. That could be humanity at large. Um, What we do, what we do, you know, that we love to do, whether it's your job, if you're a stay at home mother, taking care of your kids. So who we love, what we do, and what we learn from our suffering. And, um, I've kind of held those three ideas in my head over throughout my adulthood um, that I feel very uh, blessed that I've kind of intuitively known what I wanted to do to make me happy ever since I was a child. And I just focused on it and pursued it, knowing this is what I need to do to have self-realization, you know, to make my life as meaningful because we're only here for such a short time, Lucia. And so we have to make the most of it. And it's hard because a lot of people suffer suffer with depression and anxiety, especially now in this day and age, it's overwhelming. Things are moving so fast. And there's a lot of upsetting things that we see on the news, a lot of things happening in the world. And it's just so important to stay grounded and say, okay, I can empathize and feel these feelings, but I need to stay focused on why I'm here on this earth.
0: Exactly. You are completely right. And it came to my mind a phrase, I forgot the author, but it's a quote. And he says, life is too short to be little. Mm, exactly. Finding your mission, finding your, what do you really Yes. Yeah,
1: yes, book. exactly.
0: So let's go to your book. So Okay. <laughs> I love this book. I love yeah.
1: It. Yeah. it. Well, I, I've yeah. written nonfiction in the past. You know, um, I wrote a book about a serial killer. It was a nonfiction that I actually met with in prison and he confessed his crimes to me. And I wrote that under my other name, uh, Ann K. Howard. And then I wrote another book uh, about a young woman's escape from Mariupol, Ukraine. And that recently came out under my other name, Ian K. Howard. So I like writing nonfiction, but I love writing paranormal historical romance. It's so much fun. So the ghost in her... um, Do you wanna know more about
0: it? Yes, I was looking forward to asking you, to tell us about the ghost in her.
1: Yeah, so um, it takes place in the Gilded Age in the years 1888 in the Bowery District of New York City. And so when we think of the Gilded Age, you know, we think all about the luxury and the people like the Rockefellers and the Carnegies and all their mansions. But, you know, the reality is that most people in the Gilded Age were either very poor or working class. And many of them in New York City, they were immigrants and they lived in the Bowery District, um, which was a pretty squalid and dangerous place to live in. So the heroine of my book is a young Irish immigrant named Maggie O'Connor. And she lives, she's destitute. She literally lives in a hole. She lives in this cavernous kind of crawl space beneath one of the tenement buildings that she rents for $3 a month. And she has no family name. She has no husband. She has no protection. So living in the Bowery as a beautiful young woman at that time, would be a very dangerous thing they were like vulnerable prey to you know the brothels and all the crime um she has the gift of a seer she is psychic and she can see ghosts around her she can see fairies um there is a witch in this book there is a dragon in this book Uh, The dragon also happens to be a nurse at a lunatic asylum, but she covers her tail with her dress. (laughs) And so poor Maggie, you know, it starts off, the book starts off that her sister uh, dies in child labor and Maggie has to take care of the little baby and she doesn't have the money and the baby goes missing. So um, with the help of the ghosts in this book that come to help her, they're good ghosts. They're friendly, helpful ghosts. They come to help her to not only find the baby, but also uh, find true love. And she works as a seamstress. She's very wonderful seamstress. And she works for this Jewish tailor. She hasn't met his son yet, but when she meets him, whoa, are the sparks gonna fly. And so she ends up having this uh, love affair with this Jewish man who's actually training to become an architect at the Columbia School of Architecture. And they fall in love, but there are a lot of obstacles because Maggie, as a seer, she doesn't wanna talk to people about this gift she has. Because back then, you know, wow, with all the Christian kind of ideology, they'd think she was demon-possessed or they would say she was a witch. And, you know, the last witch in Ireland was burned at the stake in 1895. So, you know, witches were still suffering around the world at the turn of the century. And so she h- tries to hide this gift, but eventually she gets found out and she's shipped off to the New York, New York Lunatic Asylum on Blackwell's Island. Uh, and on that island, that is where she meets the dragon nurse. And she has to somehow manage to escape the New York City Lunatic Asylum and return safely to the loving arms of her Jewish uh, future husband. <laughs> that's the book in a nutshell i hope people still want to read it because i basically just told you the plot <laughs> darn
0: no they will you know why because it's not only paranormal it has romance oh yeah
1: and it has a ton of research so like some romance books you know you read about they're wearing something or eating something and you're thinking they couldn't do that back then But I try to be as authentic as possible in, uh, you know, what they ate, what they wore, you know, little things like how they brush their teeth, what they use for toothpaste. Um, And I I researched Blackwell's Island, which is now called uh, Roosevelt Island, uh, just off the coast of Manhattan, New York City on the East River. I did a lot of research about that island, the New York Lunatic Asylum, which no longer is located at that island. Um, I researched a ton about the Bowery, about uh, antiquated Irish sayings, uh, Jewish culture. So I hope if someone picks up this book, they will find that it is um, full of rich history, but not like full of information dumps in any way. It's not, I don't do information dumps, Uh, but I try to be as accurate to the time while adding that extra special layer of paranormal to it.
0: And, you know, Anika, I was reading some reviews on Amazon. Oh, yes. And someone wrote the main character, Maggie O'Connor, is amazingly unforgettable. Yeah. Is Maggie inspired by a real person? Um,
1: Maggie is is a lot of myself. I will say that. I mean, you, it, when you're writing a main character, it's hard not to put a lot of yourself in it. But Maggie is somebody that is very much separate from me. And she entered my world through my brain, through my imagination. She somehow channeled herself into my mind. And this happens to me with all of my characters. You know, I'd like to say, oh, it was I modeled it all based on someone I know or someone in history. But in fact, I just kind of start saying, well, who is this woman? She's poor. She was traumatized. Her father was an alcoholic. There was domestic violence in the house. She loves to sew, but she also loves to read. So she's always at the library reading. So I just kind of took that idea of who she was. She's an underdog. She's a fighter. And she's also a very beautiful spirit, a very spiritual, loving spirit. And then as I started writing her dialogue in the scenes, Maggie took over. And that, that's how it happens. Um, I'm kind of like stepping back, watching my creation. You know, it's kind of a godlike mm-hmm. <laughs> experience. I love, I love yeah.
0: it. Yes. It's yes. kind of
1: godlike. I yes, yeah. if I'm a creator. Yes. I was just thinking about the sequel that I'm, I'm going to get back to work on in a couple months after I'm done marketing two books, this book and another book. But... Um, I was thinking about a plot line in my future sequel as I was driving to the grocery store the other day. And uh, I I was assuming I was going to kill off one of these characters. And then as I drove, I realized, oh, no, I already wrote the first six chapters where that character is alive and has a future ahead of her. So I won't kill her off. And it occurred to me, like, how cruel is that? (laughs) You know, like, Uh, I think I'm going to kill her off. I'll let her live. I'll have her, you know, like it's, it is godlike.
0: (laughs) I've never killed any character of mine. I don't think I'm prepared to kill any character. If you, if you kill off a good character,
1: like there is a character in the ghost in her that dies that the readers will by the end of the book, come to love. So when you're writing the scene where you're killing off someone that you love, if you don't start getting tears in your eyes and choked up, then
0: you're not doing it right.
1: You know, because you want your reader, you want your reader to feel those things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Anika, paranormal historical romance is a very specific genre. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what drew you to the paranormal historical genre? Well, I love history, right? And
1: I especially love American history. And, you know, when I was a teenager, I read a lot of historical romance books as a teenager. And so I became familiar with that genre very early. Um, The paranormal came in, you know, I will be honest with you, Lucia, I didn't even know until a couple of years ago that there was a genre called paranormal historical romance. It just happened that my interests are in history, romance, and paranormal things. Mm -hmm. So when I, you know, I wrote another historical romance before I went to law school, like 30 years ago, and it had paranormal elements. And I didn't even know that other women writers were doing that. Um, So it comes from a very deep place inside of me, the paranormal aspects of this story, because You know, I've always been really spiritually inclined and curious about what happens to us after we die. And also whether or not there are energies and spirits around us in this world. And um, so I had a near-death experience when I was 17.
0: Yeah, I was hit by a. I did. Stay with, stay (laughs) with.
1: I'm I'm sorry. It's not going to be as detailed as some people's, where they see the light and go down the tunnel and talk to their grandmother and all. (laughs) It's not. It wasn't like that. It was. I was driving to work on my bike the summer before I went to college, and uh, I was going down a steep hill, and there was a busy intersection, and the light was yellow, and I thought I can either slam on the brakes and go over my handlebars, or I can just. Punch it and try to get through before it turns red. Well, I didn't get through. And I was hit by a car and flipped up on the hood. And then I flipped up again and flipped onto the concrete. And, you know, I don't remember ever touching the hood or the concrete. All I remember is I saw the car and then my spirit, my mind was outside of my body. And there was a static buzzing everywhere. And there was no time that's that was the thing that really left the biggest impression on me because how do you explain timelessness to a human being so much of how we think and talk is based on time what did you do yesterday what are you doing tomorrow what, you know and there was no time so um i felt such peace and such love and i definitely felt like i was an old soul And interestingly, I was 17 at the time, you know, so I was, you know, with boyfriends and having fun and just a little giggly, flirtatious 17 year old girl. But in that moment, I felt like I felt neither male nor female and I felt old, but it felt to be the truest part of me I've ever known. Like it was like who I really was. I think some people would say it's like your higher spirit or something like that. and it lasted for eternity. But when I opened my eyes, I was surrounded by paramedics and that was it. Um, I was bruised and swollen from my neck down and bedridden for the rest of the summer because I fractured my vertebrae. And um, I, amazingly, my head was never hit the concrete or, or if it did, You know, I'm here talking to you, so I guess I'm okay. I was able to go to law school, and so I don't. It, you know, I almost wonder if there were angels holding my head. Like, how did I be bruised like that, from
0: neck to toe, and yet have no head trauma? Right? It's amazing. It's like a miracle, and I am very interested about this subject. Yes. Yes, experience.
1: Well, after that experience, I became like crazy with my reading. I read every near death. I still do. If I'm ever feeling a little depressed, I go online and I look for near death YouTube videos or, you know, just listening to people. And I find they uplift me so much. I'm fascinated by near death. I'm fascinated by reincarnation and life between life. What happens to us in that space after we die, but before we come back. In our reincarnated form what happens there so i just recently got into dolores uh canon she's dead now but she was at the top of her field way back in the 70s and 80s before this became popular of putting people under hypnosis so they could talk about not only their past lives but what happened between their lives I, I think the book is called that I'm reading now, the four waves of volunteers or maybe the three waves of volunteers, people who come to earth to bring a uh, better light to our earth because our earth right now, humanity is in a lot of trouble. You know, there's a lot of suffering and chaos. It's not that it hasn't always been like that, but things seem to be speeding up and um. So so people are coming to this earth, pure spirits, to to help moderate and calm and bring peace to this world.
0: Hopefully. And thank you very much for sharing your NTE with us. My pleasure. I have to tell you, I love the title of your book. And I'm curious to know what is the significance of it. Well, I think it's a good
1: title because it has a lot of different layers of meaning. The best titles are that way, right? Mm -hmm. They have a lot of, you know. And so um, The Ghost in Her actually was inspired by the song by the psychedelic verse, The Ghost in You. Um, I love alternative rock from the 80s and 90s. And I love the psychedelic verse. and the ghost in you um, by the psychedelic first has such a very kind of ghostly ambiance to it. Um, it's a man, you know, singing about his love for this woman. What he loves is the ghost in her. And so, you know, coming from a Catholic background, you know, the ghost in you is your spirit. The ghost can also be the Holy Spirit outside of you. Uh, The book is full of ghosts and she can connect with ghosts. She's like a conduit that can talk to ghosts. So there's another element of the ghost in her. And what I like is that the um, Jewish man that she hooks up with uh, Gershom, he loves the ghost in her. And, you know, that to me is the kind of love that lasts forever. You know, like we all age, you know, the bloom goes off the rose and, you know, if you can find someone, whether in your youth or middle age or old age, who is drawn to that spirit in you and, and who you truly are beneath all of the physical, and the then you're very lucky. And, you know, when you see an elderly couple walking down the street that's been married forever, you know, they're not like, hey, baby, let's get it on tonight, you know, in the hot tub. They're like, I love the ghost in you. I I love talking to you. I love being with you. You know, I I love, you know, showing my love for you, being grateful for you. This is what it is to love someone's ghost. So that's that's where I came up with the name.
0: Very well explained. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And Anika, are you... Currently, working on anything you, you would like to uh-huh. share with us. I know sure. you're writing a non-fiction book called Escape uh-huh. from Mariupol. Mm-hmm. That book, Escape from
1: Mariupol, came out in December, a few bu- a couple of months ago, and it's getting great reviews. And so is Good, uh, so is uh, The Ghost in Her. They're getting like uh, the majority of reviews for both The Ghost in Her and Escape from Mariupol, especially Escape are five stars on Goodreads and Amazon. Escape from Mariupol has maybe like 83% five-star right now out of like 55 um, people who rated it. So I'm really excited about it. Um, So that tells the story of a woman I know from Mariupol, Ukraine, who was underground five weeks during the um, worst of Russia's invasion. And uh, she was underground with her dog, Yola. And it was horrific. She witnessed a lot of suffering and horror and death and managed to finally escape through Russian-occupied territory. So that's um, Escape from Mariupol. You can find that on Amazon. And um, the next book that I'm working on, I have six chapters written, and then I'll return to it once I'm done my marketing of these books, is called Mayhem in Disguise. And that's a, a paranormal historical romance. And it's the sequel to The Ghost in Her. So The Ghost in Her is part of the Ungilded series. It's called Ungilded because I'm focusing on the ungilded aspects of that age. And the heroine of Mayhem in Disguise is Bella Maguire, who is a Mohican Irish nurse that Maggie met at the lunatic asylum at the end of The Ghost in Her. And Bella's very exotic and beautiful. Um, So she's going to be the heroine of the next book. And um, Maggie will make a reappearance. Some of the characters from the ghost in her will return, but there will be many more new characters. And all I can tell you about mayhem in disguise is that it involves some very dangerous energy vampires okay. <laughs> <laughs> They suck the energy out of you. But the the vampire in question, he doesn't like Mohican women he, and so he you know he wants Bella's blood.
0: <laughs> oh my god! okay i have to read your book i love her no you more. must you must i must i promise i will And you know go
1: to goodreads for some goodreads uh amazon doesn't have many reviews yet but goodreads has a bunch of really interesting reviews so but be aware of the spoiler alert sometimes people don't say spoiler alert And they tell you everything that happens. So don't stay away from that.
0: Sometimes people say, and actually, I remember the first paranormal book I read was The Empty Field Horror. I don't know. Oh, yes. Of course. Anika, I was so scared that I ended up going to my parents' bed. I was not really a little kid. I was already on my 16th. So, however, uh, I continued to read more it, books. It, yeah, yeah and- I,
1: I read that when I was about 11 or 12 and had the same reaction. And the funny thing is now what they say about afterwards about that book is it sounds like basically it was a plumbing problem. <laughs> so we got so scared for no reason. They just needed to call Rhoda Reuter. <laughs> But I love, I love horror, I, I watch horror films all the time. I like dark cinema, I love European movies, Norwegian movies, uh, all, and that some of their horror movies are just out of the park. Um, I love the horror series like uh, Midnight Mass and so many horror, uh, yeah, American horror story. Um, I, I don't know what draws me to horror. But I think I love the adrenaline rush.
0: Yeah, me too. But it's sometimes <laughs> like this scream, oh my gosh, I was so... Scared. I know,
1: I know. But you know what? For me, like, it's not to... I, we become so desensitized. So it's like you so, see like Jason mass killing these kids at a camp or whatever. It doesn't even affect me anymore. But it's the psychological horror. Like, even, I don't know. Did you see Smile? no. It's a new horror movie that came out. It's, some of the reviews aren't so good, but it it just, there's not a lot of blood and guts,
0: but my goodness, they, it's a great psychological horror. I will take it this weekend, but first, get okay. your book, I promise. Oh, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yes. I hope you enjoy it. I will. I'm sure. I saw the reviews. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So is there a message, Anika, you would like to leave our listeners today? The message I would like to
1: tell your listeners today is to be grateful. That's what I, because that message came to me today Mm -hmm. that, you know, sometimes we get down on ourselves and we say, oh, look at those people. They have a beautiful marriage or they have beautiful kids or they have a better house or they have, you know... um, and I just think the key to happiness is look around you. What's good right now? I have two beautiful dogs at my feet. You know, I'm safe. The house is warm. I have a roof over my head. I have food in the fridge. I have a few friends. Like I'm very private, so my friends are very carefully selected. Um, so I I have things, and even if you have almost nothing, and you feel so alone. Just take an inventory and see actually what you really have in your life. And that will hopefully kind of shake you out of that kind of rut, that ruminating. Why don't I have this? Why don't I? Why did they get this? Just be happy with what you have and be grateful for what you've been given,
0: you know? Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Anika, (laughs) it's delightful to be here talking
1: (laughs) I've really enjoyed it too. and we're ahead
0: we're we're almost at the beach (laughs) so we better wind things down i hear the waves but before we (laughs) arrive please tell our listeners where we can find you online and of course your books okay
1: sure um so go to my website annicasavoyauthor.com and you'll be able to find my books um I have a blog site on that. So like my most recent blog is about the terrible corsets that women had to wear back then and how they caused physical deformities. Sometimes the corsets killed women back then. Um, So I have a lot of interesting things in my blog. So that's on my Annika Savoy author site. And then to buy The Ghost in Her, any major book outlet, you can find it online or in person. If it's not on the shelf, just ask the you know, seller to uh, look it up and they can order it for you. But I find most of my sales do come from amazon.com. And I will say too, I have an audible production of all of my books have audibles. So the ghost in her audible, you may be interested in this, Lucia, because the woman who reads it has an Irish accent. So she brings Maggie's character to life with such a beautiful Irish lilt. But she also does a very good American accent, Scottish accent. But I, I'm listening to the Audible now, and I'm just like, oh, I love this. This woman, Linda Quinn, is her name. She did a fabulous job narrating the Audible. So you can get the Audible on Amazon or other, you know, Spotify and stuff as well.
0: Sounds great because I love yeah. Audible. I, I, love I do too. Yeah, I'm doing my things and I'm listening to podcasts, books. Mm-hmm. And yeah,
1: say- and I especially love listening to biographies that are audible with a person like Matt McConaughey or you know whoever they they tell you the story that that makes the audible for me. Um, biographies where it's read by the person.
0: Actually, I was listening to Michelle Obama's. Oh yes,
1: she's got a new book. I saw it on the grocery sh- store shelf yesterday. Yeah, yeah, she's a beautiful woman. Yeah, they you know they uh, Barack and Michelle. What I love about them is that they left office and they retired with grace. You know, they're not retired; they're doing a ton of stuff. But they rose above it. They didn't like they clearly they're done with politics. They they want to pursue you know helping humanity and doing creative things. So I think they made the transition out of the White House so nicely. They were so relatively young when after the eight years were finished, and they you know they reached the height of their power and success. Now, what do you do? And I just think they did a really good job transitioning into something else.
0: They are enjoying life, (laughs) yes, and
1: they're very classy, they're very classy people. You see, you're not well, you you are sometimes in America, and you know, sometimes in America. There's not a lot of class sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Barack and Michelle, they're a a
0: class act. (laughs) And Anika, it was wonderful to have you join us in the RV today. For our listeners, if you want to learn more about Anika, be sure to check out issue six of the Relatable Voice magazine. At www.relatable-media.com, and Anika, come back. Please.
1: I definitely will. I definitely will. We'll go for another ride. Maybe we'll go to Vermont.
0: Yeah, I love time. Vermont. It's so beautiful. Let's go. Oh, okay. We'll go. We'll go skiing in Vermont. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you. Take that. care, Lucia. Thank you. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.